The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome into Kingdom Keys, the official pregame podcast for Arrowhead Pride with Nate Christensen, Maurice Elston. I am Nick Schwert, and for the fourth time, in the last six shows, we are here getting ready for a Chiefs game, coming off a loss. Guys, this is sort of uncharted territory, and it kind of feels like a lot of Chiefs fans are looking around, trying to figure out how to process our emotions. How are we supposed to feel? Because at least in the Patrick Mahomes era, we have never dealt with a stretch of bad football the way we are right now with Kansas City. How are you guys kind of feeling and processing everything here with the month to go in the season? I'm I'm honestly not doing great with the team because I think the <laughs> difference between I think there's a lot of comparisons I've at least I've seen between this and like the 2021 team because the 2021 team also had a bad stretch in kind of the middle of the year. But I think the difference between the 2021 team was I really think they had enough talent, um, at, at least on offense, especially when they're going through their lulls. They were just kind of going through a lull because teams were playing it differently. But by the we all knew like they were gonna able to come out of it. I think what's kind of troubling for me is I don't know what the Chiefs' answer is. Like, this isn't just a the rough six weeks. This has kind of been a season-long trend. They were just winning games to start the year. But now it sort of feels like other teams have kind of caught up to, like, all their stuff. And, like, the mistakes are starting to compound more and more. It feels like they're making even more mistakes every week. It just kind of feels like it's almost, for lack of a better term, it almost feels like the Chiefs are almost unraveling a little bit, at least on offense. And even on defense, it's the last two weeks haven't been great. Like, there's no other way to say it. They've had they had a good bounce back performance in the second half, but I've kept saying this all week. They don't really have the margin of error on defense at this point to have one like really bad half. So they really need like a dominant defense in combined with an offense that's just at this point I have no confidence in. Yeah, I I would say it's the same thing from 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 my my viewpoint. It's like in, in when you've seen the struggles in previous years or in the bad stretch, definitely like Nate said in two thousand twenty one they had the offensive power to overcome some of these mistakes. Now it's shifted kind, you know, to where the defense is playing better, but the defense still, um, while they get teams off the field a little bit better and they don't allow teams to score at a higher rate, they're not a big still create turnover type of team. Right. So that, that leaves them not necessarily erasing a lot of the mistakes that, that, that the offense is making. They'll do the job getting the offense the ball back. It'd be different if this was a high scoring defense. <laughs> That's kind of what the what the what the Chiefs are needing if, if the defense is going to take over this. It's not one to just get stopped or not allow scores. 
they need actually for the defense or special teams to create some scoring for them because the offense simply isn't doing it, right? So I think that's the difference is to win. Yes, defense wins championships like they say, but in this day and age, you got to score enough points to win the game. And the Chiefs simply doesn't have the off. Like before, if defense messed up, you always knew Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill will come out and find a way to win the game. And definitely you had a difference maker in a Tyreek Hill. I hate to bring him back up that was a racer where if you get him the, 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 the ball in a five-yard slant, that's a chance he's taking that 80 yards. We don't have that. So, you, you know, a lot of late games, him, the threat of him and Travis Kelsey, you just couldn't account for both, and they would make big plays to come. Chiefs simply doesn't have that. So I'm I, I'm worried, right? And I'm normally not the worrier type. Like, I feel like, oh, you got Andy Reid, we'll figure it out. But with four games to go, and even looking at if it does look better, it's the type of opponents that we're facing that, does it really still give you confidence if it does look better? Yeah, it's sort of a weird situation. You guys have both touched on the the talent and just not being able to have the firepower that you've had in years past. But even really both of the Super Bowl years, back in 2019, it was Sammy Watkins who came up really clutch down the stretch for Kansas City. Last year, of all people, it's crazy to say this now looking at the season he's had, but MVS in yeah. the AFC Championship game versus Cincinnati. It was like whenever you needed one guy to step up for one game or a stretch of one game, they did it. It wasn't sustainable. They didn't do it over a long period of time. But in a critical moment, they came through for you. And time after time during this stretch, we have seen Mahomes in these situations, fourth quarter with the ball, chance to win the game. And for the longest time, that felt like a superpower that no other team had. He was going to find a way. And now you're just not seeing it happen. And so I, I say all of that to ask you guys, with a month to go, and you do get a little schedule reprieve here in these final four games, I'm sure we'll talk about the quarterbacks that the Chiefs are going to face over the final four. But are, are you guys sitting here with a month to go, ready to count out the Chiefs in the playoffs? Ready to say like, hey, yeah, you know, they may win a wild card game. You know, they may sneak one out here or there, but like, this is not a Super Bowl contender. Like, are we ready to go there here with four weeks of football left? For me, I would say I still classify them as a Super Bowl contender, but they're not within like the first tier Super Bowl contenders for me. So while I kind of stack it as I think Baltimore, San Francisco and Dallas are in their own tier by themselves. And then after that, I think it's Philly, Miami, Kansas City. I, I think Jacksonville is kind of in between those tiers, but that's kind of where Kansas City is at at this point. Where I don't think Kansas City has a series, I don't think they can elevate their ceilings to those teams that I mentioned, like the Baltimore's, the San Francisco's. Those teams just have such a high ceiling because of the talent they have. And we've just seen it time and time again. Like the Chiefs haven't been able to kind of raise their ceiling on offense this year to kind of match those teams. Um, I, I think they can do it. But the troubling part for the Chiefs, in my opinion, is they're almost, I, I believe, they're almost locked now into playing four playoff games. That's just really, really hard with Travis Kelsey at his age, I think. I think if any player on this roster needs buy, it's a Tra it's Travis Kelsey. And if you're asking him to play four tough, hard playoff games at his age with the injuries he's kind of dealt with this year, I just don't know if that's a sustainable formula for the offense for four games. Can they produce four games of high-level playoff offense? And frankly, I just don't 
I don't have that confidence right now. There's been nothing this season that's given me that belief. Maurice, I want to get your th- your take on this, but I do wonder because you mentioned the teams that you have in that top tier, Nate. Baltimore, you can put Baltimore in there. You could put Miami in there, but it, it has seemed like over the course of the season, the most consistently dominant teams in the NFL have all been on the other side, have all been in the NFC. Because I personally, I would put the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Niners in there. And like the AFC, I look at and I say, who is the big bad wolf? Who is the team that really frightens you in the AFC? And if the answer is nobody really, it's it's tough for me to look at the Chiefs and say, okay, well, they don't have as good of a shot as anybody in the conference. And and that's why I still lean to say they you know definitely are contenders just because I'm not highly as confident as I was in the Chiefs, you know, some weeks ago. But I'm not highly as confident as any of the teams in the AFC as well. And, like, because even though the long shot for the Chiefs in the number one seed is definitely a little bit more difficult with Miami losing and the fact that Baltimore has to play Miami and a couple of other tough teams in there, the chance is still alive in a sense, you know, with the four teams that the Chiefs have to play versus the four teams that the Ravens and the Dolphins have to play. It's like this is still alive. and. I, it's hard to say they're not contenders when you got Patrick Mahomes. And I know what, what we've seen, but when you got a defense still playing at a solid level, not giving up many points, um, you still have a chance. And it's like the, 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 the easy part and the hard part at the same time is that everything that the Chiefs have done, in a sense, has been self-inflicted. So it's not like they're just going out getting beat by other teams. They're, in a sense, continually beating themselves. And I think it goes with Nasa, it's a lack of talent. But we all know that talent can hit a hot streak and you can catch fire and figure something out in these four weeks that could make these Chief, these Kansas City Chiefs go on a run. And I can't say that if they come up against a Miami, a Jacksonville, or a Baltimore on any given day that this team, as is, can't beat the other team because each one of those other teams has some high deficiency areas as well. Yeah, I've been on a roller coaster of confidence this week. Like, I was... I was I was kind of smooth on on Sunday night. Woke up really mad Monday. Woke up reinvigorated on Tuesday. Like this is kind of where you're at. And this is where a lot of teams and fan bases are. It's tough to make the case for the Chiefs based off what they've done this year. But it's tough to make the case for any other team based off what we've seen from them in the playoffs over the last five years. In the AFC, right? Like, if I want to make the case for the Dolphins or the Jaguars, I'm like, I need to see something first, and at least I've seen the Chiefs do it. It doesn't look like the same team in years past, but then again, like, I don't want to be the guy. Like, I don't want to be the guy to to write yeah. the Chiefs off only to look like an idiot in four months. Like, I'm I'm comfortable waiting to see it first and then saying, okay, well, I guess we knew it all along. Uh, this game against the Patriots was was easily a game we would skip over and just be like, okay, it's the Patriots. Let's just talk about the postseason. But now all of a sudden it feels like there is added weight with this one because of where you're at, not just in the conference, but in the division, right? Just one game ahead of Denver with four weeks to play. So before we get into the keys to this one, Nate, why don't you uh, hit us with the latest on the injury report for these teams? Yeah, so quickly for the Patriots, they seem pretty healthy for the most part. The only guy that missed practice for them was Ramondre Stevenson, their running back. 
he has an ankle injury. It looks pretty nasty a couple weeks ago. I'm just going to assume he's not playing this week. He didn't play last week. For the Chiefs, though, their injury history or their injury list is a little bit, you know, more concerning. Donovan Smith still hasn't practiced with the neck. Isaiah Pacheco still hasn't practiced with the shoulder injury. I think that's starting to get kind of concerning. He's missed five straight practices for that. Mike Edwards has been sick this week uh, with, uh, I don't know what illness, but he has not practiced either day. Nick Bolton has been limited the past couple days. Leo Chanel missed Wednesday, but came back Thursday. And Brian Cook is still on IR. So the Chiefs, a lot of the same injuries as a week ago for the most part. And on top of that, Mike Edwards is, um, you know, might not play this week. But the good news is we are getting Drew Tranquil back. He's been full practice this week. So that's an encouraging sign after he was not able to go last week. The Patriots, oddly enough, coming off a win last week versus Pittsburgh. Uh, this was just a week after one of the ugliest NFL games I've ever seen. I think it was a so six bad. to nothing loss to the Chargers. I mean, it's an affront to the National Football League to put that game on the schedule. But yet they're sitting here at three and ten. You still have Bill Belichick as the coach. So like there's I don't know where the level is at, but there is a level of respect that I think you just kind of have to have for this team, despite the fact that everything they have put on the field this year would indicate there is no respect that needs to be given. This is the worst offense in the NFL. No more Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi in at quarterback. I don't know how to feel about this one. I don't know how to feel both because of what's going on in New England, but what's going on in Kansas City. So Nate, why don't you start us off? What is your key for this one for Kansas City? Well, this is not just specific to this game, but kind of going forward. But we finally have all our linebackers back. This is the first time we've had all our linebackers back since Nick Bolton got hurt versus the Chargers. And I thought one of the most impressive parts about the first five, six weeks of the year was how well Spagnuolo was deploying all of his linebackers. Uh, you know, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, Leo Chanel would play in base. Drew Tranquil would come in sometimes for Nick Bolton. Sometimes they would run like a 3-3-5 package where they'd have Leo Chanel and Nick Bolton and Drew Tranquil all in the same field. It felt like they all kind of had their maximized role. Tranquil was great coverage. Willie Gay was blitzing and running. So Leo Chanel was kind of being this run stuffer and Bolton was still doing all his stuff behind the line of scrimmage. But then Bolton gets hurt. Uh, Drew Tranquil gets hurt a couple weeks ago. And we just haven't seen it in a long time. And I remember one of my concerns before the season was, could the Chiefs balance having four playable linebackers and getting them all in their best spots? And they did, but it has been a while. So are the Chiefs going to be able to kind of find that formula again? Is it going to have to take some time? The past two weeks, the linebacker play has been pretty poor from Willie Gay and Leo Chanel, frankly. Um, Nick Bolton, I, I thought in the second half Nick Bolton was good. In the first half, it definitely looked like someone that hadn't played football in six weeks, so we can understand why. But they got to get, you know, they got to get their linebackers playing better. They've really struggled the past few weeks with play action passes and motion. And James Cook was shredding linebackers out of the backfield last week. So they just got to get back to what they were doing earlier in the season. Not super concerned, but I think this week, you know, you have four weeks of the playoffs. It's kind of like we need to kind of rediscover identity with our linebackers, and make sure everyone's kind of ready to go before the postseason. I, I definitely agree with that. I, I feel like the main thing, like having this, you know, full linebacker core is that. Each one, I don't feel like any one of these linebackers is like a total package linebacker. Yeah. Each one of them have particular things that they do very well. And when you're missing one, that's forcing you to put another in a position to do something that they don't do well. And I think that's kind of what the Bills kind of exploited last week was without Tranquil in there. They're like, there's no one of these linebackers that can cover our running back out of the backfield. And they exploited that. 
I think now with having that the four the four linebackers back, that main package back, now Steve Spagnuolo is ever actually able to go in there and put each person in the best position to make them succeed. And I think that's that's a huge key that Nate made. When you look at the the opponents, the level of opponents that you're going to be playing over the final four weeks, I think a lot of teams in the NFL reach a point late in the season where whether or not like you're high on them or low on them, like the chiefs are obviously going through it right now, but there are other teams going through it as well. And it's not to blame it on the schedule, but like with the dolphins, for instance, a lot of people look at the dolphins and say, well, they haven't beaten any good teams. Maybe it's because good teams are harder to beat, right? Like there's an element of that to it where the chiefs now in their final four games are going to be going up against Bailey Zappi, Aiden O'Connell, Jake Browning and Easton stick. Like, if we want to go back to the conversations we were having early in the season when Kansas City was actually winning games despite the lackadaisical offense about this being an elite defense, prove it. Like you have a golden opportunity over the last month of the season to prove your dominance defensively against a bunch of backup quarterbacks. Absolutely. I mean, this is just a time for the defense to really, in a sense, um, put the hammer down. And and really show like if you're elite defense, like you said, Nick, prove it, show it, shut them out, shut them, shut them down. None of these quarterbacks should be able to shred the Chiefs defense, get away from the Chiefs pass rush. This should be four dominant performances by the defense in a row. I'm slamming the panic button if Bailey Zappi shreds the Chiefs defense. <laughs> like next week, completely different vibe than what we're feeling right now. Um, Maurice, what about you, man? What's your uh, what's your key for Kansas City? Man, my key this week, man, after definitely watching the last two weeks of the season for the Kansas City Chiefs, and, and kind of like Nate said, just going forward, is on both sides of the ball, i say all three phases of the game, a fast start. I think that is the key to a victory on all three phases. If, if you look at last week, defense got, got shredded quickly last week. Offense came out flat. The first punt from Townsend was terrible. So, you know, special teams have, haven't haven't looked the greatest, right? So it's like um, this is the first time I've seen um, Dave Tobe let the kick returner in the field of play call fair catch every single time. Like I, I'm sitting there like after the, when he did it, the, when, when, when he did it, the, when Richie James did the first time, I'm like, okay. Then we did it every time. I'm like, he must be instructed to call fair catch. And usually Tobe is like, no, we got the opportunity. We're going to try to see if we can break one. He usually normally has an aggressive, you know, personality when it comes to the return game. So now it's seeming like they're playing not to make mistakes versus go and get it. And that's not the type of team that we want to see. Is it, it Like you want to play mistake-free fo football, but I think we're taking something away from it and playing it safe on all phases at the start of the game. We didn't see much, you know, a lot of blitz or aggressive play from the defense at the beginning of the game. Offense looks real vanilla at the beginning of the game. I think each three phases of the game need to come out fast, come out strong, come out and make a point, come out and take the shots downfield, come out and blitz and, and, and make the quarterback, un, you know, a little shaky inside his pocket, make him uncomfortable, return the kicks and see what we can get out of our special team. I don't care if it's a fake punt, some, something fast to start a spark to this team and instill the confidence back in them. I feel like this whole team right now is lacking the swagger and the confidence that they used to have. And I think it's on the coaches 
to say, we're going to go out here and this is what we're going to do. We're going to take some shots and some chances to give them a chance to, 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 to get that back. I think that's what the last play by Kelsey was. It was trying to – and then the penalty killed it. I think it was an opportunity to add that confidence and swagger like we can do what we want back into the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think a fast start is, the, is, is my key this week to a victory. That's so crazy to just – and I think you're right. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy to see this team, this organization with Patrick Mahomes, like lacking in confidence. That's one thing we've never discussed. We have never had this conversation as long as Patrick. Mah- if anything, we've been the most confident organization in football because, yes. oh, down, oh, you're down. You need a touchdown. You need a field. You have 13 seconds left. You Down's need a field goal. Game. You got Patrick Mahomes. You got one five. That's all the confidence you need. And this year, that's what's been different is we've seen them time and time again have the opportunities to assert themselves as like, yep, we're still the Chiefs of old, and they haven't been able to get it done. But, it, you know, to your point, Maurice, I think we, we, we think about the end of games when, like you said earlier, Nate, it was the start to that game. It, it's mm-hmm. been the start where the Chiefs get in the hole 14 points and then have to climb themselves out of it. Chiefs of yesteryear could do that, no problem. This team doesn't have the luxury of getting down two scores and having to will themselves back in over the final two quarters. Yeah, it's been three straight bad starts, too. I was just thinking about, like, it was last week was the Bills, the Packers, they started out poorly, and even the Raiders, they started on 14 nothing. They spotted them, mm-hmm. like, one quarter, and they had a good, resilient response to that game. But it's kind of been the case since the bye, really. I, I don't remember – I don't remember what the Eagles score was. I think that was more kind of tightly contested, but yeah. Well, the Eagles, think, the Chiefs didn't score a point in the second half. That's right. So, so that, was, that was the exact opposite. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's sort of like you got the Chiefs need to play from a lead to a certain sense. And they're, they're just don't have the margin of error to really get back into games the way that they were used to, um, or even really in some close games. So yeah. Like getting a fast start, kind of get your confidence going, playing fast, playing physical. I think that's something that the Chiefs really do need to get back to. And, I think the next four weeks are very good opportunities to kind of get, get back, back to that. Yeah, I uh, I couldn't agree more. And I, Nate and I were joking before the show today, and we were talking about getting ready for this show each week and thinking about what we, what we wanted to discuss and what we wanted to emphasize and how I feel like every single week I don't want to come back and say the same thing. I don't want to sound like a broken record. I want to come up with something unique, but the truth is, it's almost doing a disservice to talk about this team without talking about the wide receivers. Like you can't tell the story of the 2023 chiefs without talking about this receiver room, which is why week after week, we keep coming back on here and doing exactly that. And there's never been a better time to do it than after that game versus the bills, in which we saw maybe the biggest boneheaded mistake of the season made by Kadarius Tony, which is where I'm going to go with my key. I can't believe I'm saying this. I think the key to this game is continuing to keep Kadarius Tony engaged. I think at this point in the season, you don't have any other option. There is no emergency valve, break glass. This is the guy we're going to go to. This is it. These are the guys. And it, it may seem like it's a lost cause, but go back to all these different losses because we saw the outburst of Mahomes going after the refs and complaining afterwards and, National media ran with that, as you know they would, looking for any opportunity to kind of knock Mahomes and the Chiefs down a peg. But you go back to the Lions game. 
Four drop passes, I believe it was, from Kadarius Toney. Mahomes doesn't say anything about it after the game. Go back to the drop pass. What was that? Three weeks ago, MVS. Mahomes says, bad pass. That was on me. The loss against the Packers, the penalty flag. It is what it is. This guy has had many opportunities to blame the refs, to blame his teammates, and every single time he takes the high road. And what we saw on Sunday, I think, was the buildup and that festering of the frustration of this year just feeling different, of not being able to have the trust built up with those receivers. And you saw it boil over. That's what it was. Like, was he mad at the refs? Maybe. I think he's mad about the situation he's in. He doesn't have the luxuries that he's had in years past. And I think this is a very critical juncture of the season. If you want to make anything of this season in the playoffs, you cannot afford to lose a guy like Kadarius Toney. And we've seen the comments come out this week. Travis Kelsey went in on his podcast and said, you know, anybody who's talking shit on him, like, screw that. Like, I went up to him right after the game and told him, like, no, you got this. We got this. We're good. Talking him up about how electric he is. And he is. Like, Kadarius Tony with the ball in his hands, probably about as skilled of a player as the Chiefs have on offense. There's a lot of other question marks. But with only four weeks left in the regular season, and like you said earlier, Nate, probably four games in the postseason, there's still two months of football left if you end up going to the Super Bowl. You've got to get this guy involved. Like, he doesn't have to be the guy for eight weeks, but there will probably be a game in the postseason where you're going to need him to look like the guy you thought he was going to be before the season. Look like the guy you thought he was when you traded for him in New York last year. I have no idea if there's any chance of that happening, but I do know there is no chance of the Chiefs going on a deep playoff run without one of their most talented players getting at least somewhat close to their ceiling between now and the end of the season, because there is simply no other option to turn to with only a month left. They've lost Sky Moore already pretty much. I mean, I really don't think that that's ridiculous to say they're, they're not hardly playing him anymore. They're basically not involving him in the offense. Even MVS, we were talking about before the show, MVS is 19 catches this year, 19. That's, that's like wild. That's that's one a game. That's like one and a half a game. You can't also lose Kadarius Tony. I, I I know I spent all season talking about the hierarchy and like establishing that, but like you can't just keep losing them too. Like that that's mm-hmm. something like at some point you have to have, especially with a guy like Tony, who is so dynamic in open space, who can you know he's the one guy on this team at this point who can make a play in open space, make a cut, like do anything. And Tony seems like a guy that does need engagement. He does need opportunity. I think we saw that last year. The Chiefs, like, I, I don't remember the stat, but, like, when Tony was on the field last year, they were always getting him the ball. His, like, target to snap rate was, like, absurd. They can't just have Tony go out and play eight snaps and get one target and, you know, they, they have to get him involved. I couldn't agree more that they have to make sure he's engaged, fully ready for the postseason. The trade-off, unfortunately, is that Tony does have a lot of health concerns, so I think that's what they're trying to manage. It's like, can we keep Tony engaged and a part of this offense while keeping him healthy? But, I mean, at this point, you have four weeks left. you got to figure out a formula for the playoffs, and if you just can't stay healthy, then that that kind of solidifies what you think about him long-term. But we're kind of past the point where it's like we can load manage him. We need to, we need a rhythm on offense. We can't just you know, be lackadaisical and make the postseason. Yeah, I really think it's at that point, you know, like they say all the time, there comes a time where you 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 call plays and you you stick to your scheme, but then it comes a time where you say, skip the playbook. We need to get the ball into our playmakers' hands. 
I think the Chiefs need to be there. I feel like Travis Kelsey, hopefully Isaiah Pacheco is healthy soon, Rasheed Rice, and the other guy has to be Kadarius Toney. I think those need to be the go-to for the Kansas City Chiefs offense. It's no – like I think what Travis Kelsey said, it's no doubt about the skill set that Tony has. He has skill when you get the ball in there. I'm not even honestly worried about the drop issue. I think the drop issue is coming more from kind of what Nate said. He's not being – he's not engaged. So when you're only – there's no rhythm being built up because, you know, half the time he's in there, he's just running around and the ball's not coming. I think you got to make it a point to get him engaged. All the snaps that was going to MVS and going to Kader- going to Scott Moore, I think now needs to go to Kadarius Tony and him, Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey and Isaiah Pacheco. Once he's back, need to be the focal point because one thing about Kadarius Tony that Scott Moore or MVS is lacking, I think defense will have to account for him. Like you have, you have to, because of how dynamic he is when the ball is in his hands, you have to be like, okay, 19's on the field. Let's look for him. Let's make sure because he can break attack. He can make a, he's going to, nine times out of 10, the first man is going for Kadarius is going to miss, right? So I think that's something nobody, you don't have to account for Scott Moore. He's out there. They, they not account for him. MVS, they like, uh, even if he does get past us, is he going to catch it? Right, so they they'll take their they'll take their chances with one on one coverage with with MBS. They're not they're not doubling or you know keeping the safety over top. We we've seen it, like even with the drop pass or the pass interference call, it was still just him and another guy, right? <laughs> like so that, that that Justin Watson, why he has been solid, he has been serviceful for the Chiefs for what he's been called to do. No one is scared of Justin Watson. I think he's better off being being like I don't think you need to take a bunch of snaps away from him because. For the most part, when he's called upon, he makes the plays. So I, I think he's been serviceable, but not in the route that he's been used. Not after last week, his snap cap kind came down, but before that, he was being used way too much. Um, so I, I agree with you, Nick. I think for the Chiefs to make the run, they got to get that package together, not worry about you know anything that has to do with injury, because now ain't the time to worry about that. You got to figure out the formula. And you got to know, you got to figure out, Tony, am I going to have him? And if so, how are we going to use him? You got to figure that out because just trying at this point, four games left, struggling like the Chiefs are struggling. You can't be looking like, well, we're just trying to save him. You ain't got time to save him. <laughs> it's it's pretty telling that we all gave our keys to the game and didn't mention the Patriots one time, right? <laughs> it is It is self-scouting time. It is how do we get better? We don't need to look at them. Let's look at us. How can yes. we get better? Oddly enough, uh, eight and a half point favorite. So despite the Chiefs slide lately, uh, still on a different level than this Patriots team, which is fast tracking for a top five pick in the draft. Eight and a half point favorites. The game is in Foxborough. Nate, why don't you start us off? What's your prediction for this one? I do not think this will be a fun football game. It's December. It's Foxborough. Bill Belichick still, even with all his kind of issues at this stage of his career, has still put together pretty good defense this year. I think they're going to actually do a pretty decent job of stopping the Chiefs offense. I think it's going to be frustrating. However, the Patriots offense is so bad. I am not buying what Bailey Zappi did in the first half last week. I think that was just a short week with the the tired Steelers defense. I don't believe that. I'm going to go 20-3 to the Chiefs. I don't think it's great. I think the Chiefs largely score off turnovers. But in the end, they're going to cover well comfortably. I don't think this game will ever really be in serious conflict. I think we'll probably all be a little bit mad online just watching it, but I don't think this game will ever be in doubt. So 
you know, this game lost its luster. It was supposed to be on Monday Night Football, but unfortunately the Patriots didn't meet their end of the bargain. But I still think the Chiefs come out and win this pretty comfortably, even if it's not maybe the most enjoyable. So a comfortable win, but still an ugly win. Maurice, what about you? Yeah, I'm kind of going to go the same route. Like I said, I think this game lost the, the luster, and I don't think it's just because the Patriots. I think if the Chiefs was still the high-flying offense that that they're used to, that the, the NFL was used to seeing, they would have kept this game on Monday night just for that. I think with the Chiefs losing that firepower and the Patriots looking like that's like this – they, they, they agree with us. This is not going to be that enjoyable game. Put them on at noon, right? Um, I think I think the defense finds a way to score a touchdown. I'm, I'm going to give the defense a touchdown this game or special teams. I feel like one of those happened. I think the Chiefs' offense put up 17. I'm going to go 24-10, um, Kansas City in this. I think it'll be ugly. Um, I would give the Chiefs off 30 if Pacheco was playing. I don't think he's going to play. I think they're going to keep him out another week, you know, the way it's looking. And – Isaiah Pacheco just, I mean, um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire just, you know, while serviceable, it just doesn't give you that extra <laughs> whatever it is. Like, he didn't do bad last week, but it was still nothing made you be like, okay, Pacheco, don't rush. It was still like, hurry up, Pacheco, get back, is how we feel. So I say 24 to 10, Kansas City, it'll be kind of ugly. Um, hopefully it's some strides that you can come away from the game and say, okay, they took some steps in the right direction. Yeah, despite the fact that the Patriots are one of the worst teams in football, a lot of those issues are because of the problems on offense. The last month and a half of the season, this has been a really, really solid defense. They haven't given up more than 20 points since week eight. That was against Miami, who has a different level of firepower than Kansas City does and certainly has things rolling in a way that Kansas City hasn't had rolling really since they played Miami in Germany. Uh, I'm kind of on the same boat as you guys. I think the Chiefs win. I think they win comfortably, but I don't think it's a typical comfortable Chiefs win where they're scoring 25 to 30 points. Uh, I need to see it. I need to see it before I believe it. I'm going to go 17-7. I do think this Chiefs defense kind of establishes themselves and says, yes, we're here to stay. We're one of the top four or five defenses in the NFL. But I need to see it from the offense before I'm ready to predict an offensive explosion. So I will go 17-7. Kansas City in a, in a really got-to-have-it spot with where you're at, not just in the conference, but in the division. Guys, this was therapeutic. Uh, I feel better than I did 35 minutes ago. So thank you very much for your time. Uh, thank you to everybody listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Nate Christensen, Maurice Elston, I am Nick Schwert. We'll talk to you guys next week. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas. Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride Premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash 